January uh, can be a, a very difficult month, can't it? Uh, January can be a, a difficult month. Many of us are, are weary at this time of year. Aren't we sort of recovering in the sort of aftermath of Christmas? And the cash uh, can be short. And the days even can be short. And okay, we might make uh, the occasional New Year's resolution. But these things in some ways are just papering over the cracks, aren't they? Losing a few calories at this time of year surely is not going to address some of the, the main issues and the main problems that are going on in our life. You and I can be weary and we can be asking, and saying, how on earth am I going to get through January? How am I going to get through this month? How on earth am I going to get through another year. Well, after a short break this morning, we return to our sermon series in the first half of the book of Mark. And amazingly, actually, given the time of year that we come to this, what we find here are truths in Scripture, truths that can propel us into a new year, propel us into 2016. Like what Mark shows us here, what the Holy Spirit shows us here in these verses are principles. Principles for Christian living that we can take this morning, we can grab principles that can help us to live for Christ in 2016. So here's the plan, simple as always. What we're going to do just now is we're going to pray. And as a congregation, we are going to ask God for illumination. And then we're going to turn to his words and think about these principles for Christian living. Would you join me in prayer? Let's pray. Father, how weak we are and we consider our hearts and our motives and we are in darkness in so many ways, scarred with sin. And we pray to you for grace. We pray that you would make us this morning good soil. That we would hear and absorb the word that you have here for each and every one of us. We look to you. We plead with you. We pray to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you haven't done so, turn back with me in your Bible. Mark chapter 4. And to these verses we're looking at. So it's Mark 4 and it's 21 to 25. 21 to 25. Okay, if you've got it there, let's think about the first principle that we we see here. That in 2016, (coughs) excuse me, we as Christians look to the light. You got it? That's the first principle. We look to the light. Okay, now do this with me. Just look at how this section of scripture opens. Look at the first few words, four words. What does it say in the NIV? You've got, he said to them. He said to them. Now, does that sound a bit kind of ambiguous? He said to them. Well, we know who the he is, don't we? Who's speaking at this point? It's Jesus. Who's the them? He said to them. Well, I don't, you're going to have to cast your mind back to before Christmas. Do you remember that uh, Jesus had been addressing a big crowd? Remember that? He'd been sitting in a boat and before him on the shoreline was this big multitude and he had been teaching them. Do you remember the parable of the sower? But then something else happened. 
Jesus turned, took his disciples aside, and he explained that parable to his disciples, okay? Now, because of a couple of things that we've got in the text, what I think happens here is that Jesus now gets everyone together. And he speaks to the multitude again. So, so do you see it? He said to them, is Jesus actually addressing the whole crowd once again? He said to them. Okay, what does he say? He said to them, but what does he say? <coughs> um, I, I, I suppose we, you could probably say that the imagery in Mark 4 here is kind of familiar to us, isn't it? Do you see what it is? Look at verse 21. Isn't it familiar? It's to do with a lamp. Let me read it. So Jesus says to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? (laughs) Instead, when you bring in a a lamp, don't you put it on a stand? I've got a question for you. What does that make you think of? Like, if if you hear in Scripture... Don't hide your lamp. Don't hide it under a bushel. Don't hide it under a bowl. The lamp's got to shine. What do you think? See, I think that many of us go to that other section of Scripture where Jesus is again encouraging his disciples, but he, he encourages them to Christian living. Isn't that what you think? You remember when Jesus sort of says, don't hide your lamp under a bushel, but, you know, let the world see your good works. Let your light shine. Isn't that what we think when we hear of this lamp, that it's about us, and it is about letting our our Christian witness shine to the world? Isn't that what you think? Well, what we have to understand is that often in Scripture, Jesus will take an image, you've got to get this, he will use it in different teaching contexts to mean different things. So do you see what that means for us? It means we can't just hear lamp and assume that we know what it is. We've got to work out the context here. You and I have got to be thinking, here in Mark, just now, what on earth does Jesus mean by by a a lamp? What's the lamp? Well, get this, in the Old Testament, it was actually God that was spoken of as a lamp. So you've got uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22, really straightforward, couldn't be any plainer for us. It says, God, you are our lamp. Okay, so God's spoken of as a lamp in the Old Testament. (coughs) Not just that. In the Old Testament, it was the promised Christ. It was the Messiah that was spoken of as a lamp. So 2 Kings chapter 8, you've got the language there. God has promised to maintain a lamp for David forevermore. Are you with me? The Christ spoken of as a lamp. So wait a minute, ask yourself, could that be what Jesus is talking about here in Mark? The Christ himself as the lamp? Well, yeah! (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that that make sense? I mean, think about the Gospel of Mark. What's Mark doing in this book? He's, He's showing you what it means to be a Christian. And what does he say? Is it about moralistic teaching? Is it about a worldview? What, what's peculiar about Mark? What's, what's special about Mark's gospel? He says, look at Jesus. Look at this man. It would make sense that here in this gospel, the lamp be Christ. 
And then think about this particular section of Mark's gospel. What's going on here in Mark's gospel? Can you remember? Mark's showing us Jesus' ministry. He's saying Jesus has come into the world with a message about the kingdom of God. Yeah, a new age! Ah! But a new age that is centered and focused on whom? On Christ. It would make sense that in these particular verses, who's the lamb? It makes sense if it was Christ. And then you're going to love this, I think, I hope. <laughs> Look back at verse 21. Now, what does it say in your version of the Bible, in the NIV there? What have we got in the church Bible? It says this. Jesus asks, do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl? Now, get this. In the original language, this lamp has a definite article attached to it. And see, the verb in the original language is not to bring, but it is to come in. So do you see how this reads when you add those things together? Jesus isn't saying, you know, what is it? It's not so much, do you bring in a lamp? What is Jesus saying? He's sitting in front of all those people and he's asking them this rhetorical question. Has the lamp come? Has the lamp come to be hidden? Like, do you see this light not to be concealed? This light spoken of in Mark chapter 4, it is the glory of the kingdom of God, the glory of the gospel centered on, focused on Jesus. Who the lamp? This everlasting light. It is Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is the lamp. Now, this is uh, the first time. Uh, I wasn't here last week when Brad took the service. So this is the first time that I've had the opportunity to stand in front of you as a congregation in 2016. First time. And I am wondering if the introduction to this sermon resonated with you. You know, that as you've come to church and as you've gone through this past week, that it could be said of you that you are weary. Spiritually, perhaps, weary. Whether you are Asking yourself, how do I get through this month? How do I get through this year? If so, friends, I want to appeal to you this morning to look increasingly to the Lord Jesus Christ. The ass you have in this portion of Scripture, that so it be for your life that your focus is on who? This lamp, the Lord Jesus. And first of all, I want to say that to the kids. So, boys and girls, you're going to have to listen to me for a moment. Boys and girls, I've made this out, but for some reason, time moves much quicker for you than it does for us. Did you know that, boys and girls? Like, see, when you become an adult, a year is just going to fly by in the blink of an eye. But I know that's not the, the same for you, boys and girls. I know that when you think of 2016, you think that you've got... And there's this huge long space of time ahead of you. And I'm sure you've got lots of things planned for the year, do you boys and girls? This is you're going to go, new friends, you're going to meet new things, you're going to learn. I want you to listen to me, boys and girls. The most important thing for you this year, the most important thing is through your own prayer life, 
and through reading and hearing the Word of God, the most important thing is to come to a better and a deeper knowledge of Jesus. Boys and girls, that for you this year, even as a child, that is the most important thing. And what about the men here? (laughs) The men of London City Presbyterian Church. Like, what about you guys? You know, what is it, as you think about the year ahead, what is it that's sort of occupying your thinking? Is it just the hope that your football team will have a decent end to the season? Is it more serious than that, though? Is it your health or your financial security? Don't you see that the message is the same for you as as for these children? The most important thing for you, far and away the most important thing, is that you look increasingly to the light, that you focus this year on Jesus. And what about the women of London City Presbyterian Church? As you think of 2016, what is it that dominates the horizon? What is there in front of you? Is it your family? Is it your work situation? Or is it your Lord? Friends, you see, don't you, why in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is called a lamp? Because he has come into the darkness of this world, hasn't he? And what has he done for us? He's taken the darkness of our sin upon himself. And what is he doing for his people? He's taken us by the hand. And he is leading us out into the light of a resurrection war. Do you see it? It is Jesus. He is the lamp. So to survive in 2016? Well, no. Forget that. To honour God in 2016. What do we do? We look evermore to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our first principle for Christian living. What is it? We look to the light. We, as a congregation... We look to Jesus. Okay. Second principle that we're given here, second principle for Christian living, is that we look to the future. And that's the second thing. We look to the light, but the second thing is that we look to the future. Don't you agree with this, that as you read this, once you get the identity of the lamp, once we realize the identity of the lamp here, we, we really get the gist of what it is that Jesus is saying here, don't we? You know, he's saying to these people, God hasn't sent his son into the world uh, for there to be darkness. He's sent his son into the world to shine. Thing is, though, as we carry on in the text here, what we see is that this grand illumination of the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't happen immediately. I want you to, to, to see that. Look at verse 22 with me, please. And what does Jesus say about the lamp? These things are connected. Look at the adjectives, even, in verse 22. Would you look at the adjectives? I hope they're adjectives. They are adjectives. What is the lamp? Is whatever is... What's the word? Hidden. Isn't that strange, isn't it? Hidden. What's the next one? Whatever is concealed. Do you see what that is? We're being confronted there with what is the mystery of the kingdom of God, isn't it? Hidden, concealed. Is that something the the mystery of the, the gospel? It fits very well with what Adrian read in verse 11, where Jesus says to the disciples, it is the, what's the word he uses? 
What is it? It's the secret of the kingdom of God that has been revealed to you. What we're being shown is something that you and I are very, very familiar with. That for many people today, the majesty and the glory and the light of Jesus Christ is veiled, hidden, concealed. That's not Jesus' main point here. So we need to work that out. I'll read verse 22 again. And, and let's see if, if, if we can work out what Jesus' main point here is. Verse 22. Jesus says, whatever is hidden, what will happen? It is meant to be disclosed. So whatever is concealed, what happens to it? The lamp. Whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. So do you see the message? What we're seeing is that God's plan and purpose in the gospel, it is to one day reveal to all the world the identity and the glory of Jesus Christ. That what would happen is that Jesus would go on from this position here in this boat... There'd be a further revelation of his person and his work throughout his life. He would die on the cross, rise, ascend. Wait a minute. What would happen? One day, the veil will be removed. One day, the secret is going to be disclosed. Like a sort of steam train, you know, charging forward at full pelt. Human history is moving irrepressibly towards a day when what's going to happen? The kingdom of God is going to be revealed to all mankind. All mankind. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about what that means. Do you see what it means? It means that every single person in your life, every person in your family, every person who's a friend of yours, one day they are going to see the truth of the kingdom of God. Like for some of those people, it is going to be too late. For others, it will be the greatest day of their existence. But young and old and rich and poor, they are all going to see the glory of Jesus Christ. That this lamp that we're dealing with here, he will be placed on a stand and he will illuminate the whole room. He will illuminate the whole earth. Isn't it marvelous? Isn't it a glorious doctrine? Every eye will see Jesus. But how does that help us in here? Like, how does that help you? Like, think about the question here. What was it? I mean, how do you, how do, how do we get through as Christians 2016 that every eye will see Jesus? How does that help you? I, uh, I had a hero when I was a kid. Uh, a couple of heroes. Crickers. You know, there was a bowler that I loved and there was a batsman. I was looking, as a kid, I always wanted to see this guy play and bat. And uh, my father said to me one day in, in passing, Andy, I'm going to take you to, uh, 
Later on in the year, Andy, I'll, I'll take you to the test match where this man was playing. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of took that with a pinch of salt. You know, I was like, yeah, right, we'll see. And then a few weeks later, you know, the letterbox goes and there's an envelope and my dad opens it and he hands me something. And I looked at it and it was the ticket for the test match. And I looked at the ticket and I stared at the ticket and, you know, as a kid, this sort of, it hit me, you know, the sort of penny drop. I'm going to see this guy play, you know. I'm going to be there. I will see him. And don't you see, Christian friend, has the penny dropped? You see this close eschatological moment that we're talking about? You see this great and final revelation to all the world of the glory of your Savior as a penny dropped. He will be there. And you will see him. Now think about that, Christian friend. You will see the face of Jesus. You'll see his face. You will see the love that he has in his eyes. You will see the scar in his side. You will see the pierce marks in his hands made for sin, made for you. You will see the glory of Jesus, the radiance of the Lamb. Don't you see that as a Christian? You will be there. You will see him. And doesn't that Help us as we go into 2016. Because you see what it does, don't you? What does it do? It reinforces how temporary these things are. Doesn't it do that? Like all of the struggles and all of the problems and the worries and the issues that we are thinking about in 2016. Do you see it? What are they? They are fleeting. They are, they are Passing. What does Paul say? They are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. Don't you see it? This lamp of Mark chapter 4, this lamp that is veiled to so many people, one day it shall shine for all the earth, and you will be there. You will see So we look to the lamp. We look to the future. And the third and final principle we have here is that we look to the Word of God. We look to the Word of God. Principle for living in 2016. We look to the Word of God. Christmas morning in our house, there was a bit of a sort of flashback to the 1980s, a real throwback to the 80s and 90s. Uh, because uh, one of our friends generously, I might add, one of our friends bought the kids selection boxes. Uh, selection boxes. I mean, I, uh, what a throwback that is. I remember as a kid, I used to love getting the selection boxes. And it was always for me about the one particular chocolate bar. You know, there's, there's always a favourite. So you get a selection box and I'd be quickly turning over to see if there was a double-decker in there or not. As a kid, it was always about a double-decker. Now, 
maybe if you're not from the United Kingdom, you don't know what a double-decker is. And I pity you for that, of course. But like a, a double-decker was a chocolate bar, or is a chocolate bar, in sort of two parts. You've got a sort of biscuit base type thing, and then you've got the chocolate caramel type stuff in the top. So you've got a chocolate bar in two parts, a double-decker. In some ways, that's what we're dealing with just now. And I wonder if you saw that. Like this in front of us is is a double-decker of parables. Like you see that, don't you? We're not dealing with one parable here. We're dealing with two parables that Jesus has joined together. And and I, I wonder, do you see what Jesus is doing here? In the first parable, he is talking of the future that awaits you, this revelation. But in the second parable, what he does is he tells you what he demands from you, expects from you. He tells you of the response that he wants in light of that future revelation. So I guess we better find out what that response is. What does Christ want in light of that? Look at verse 24. What does he say? He says, consider carefully what you hear. You see it, don't you? Like he's sitting there, he's got the crowd in front of him. And he's saying to them in this parable, look, look, there's going to be this glorious future revelation. So in light of what's about to happen to humanity, he's saying to the crowd, you better listen to the parables. You better listen to the You better listen to the preaching of the word of God. Now, my question is, how does that help us in here just now? We're not on that shoreline. Like, how does this call to attentiveness? Like, what do we do with that? Um, I don't know. Do, do, do you make New Year's resolutions? Are you that sort of a person? Um, I don't tend to make a lot of New Year's resolutions. In fact, I never normally do. I made one New Year's resolution. It was pretty inconsequential. And within probably six to eight minutes of the bells, the New Year's resolution was completely shattered and broken. I don't really go into New Year's resolutions much. But this, I would commend to you, that we, as a congregation here at London City Presbyterian Church this year, that we take far more seriously the preaching of God's Word than we did in 2015. What is it that Jesus is saying here? Consider carefully what you hear. That this year we consider with more care the preaching than we did last year. And what am I talking? How do we do that? Well, you remember what we said when we were looking at the parable of the sower? I mean, we pray. We really pray before we come to church. We can do that. But we can do infinitely more than that as a congregation, can't we? To obey this? I mean, I would encourage you to even read the portion of Scripture that we're going to be preaching on before you come to church. Now, we're working our way through the books. It's not difficult to work out what's going to be next. To read that before you come here. Engage with it. Think about it. Pray over that. I would encourage you to even take notes during the preaching. It is going to help you to concentrate. I would encourage you to speak to other people after the sermon, to engage with other people about the preaching. Do you know what? I would even encourage you 
to listen again to the preaching online. Why? To further digest what it is that God is saying to you in the preaching of his word. Because you see what this is from Jesus, don't you? It is a call to spiritual evaluation. It's a call to spiritual investment. A call to spiritual interaction with the preaching of God's word. And, and, and you see, don't you, why that is so absolutely vital for your life in 2016? Do you see why it's so important? What does he say? What's he going to say? Consider carefully what you hear. Why? For the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. There is a reciprocity in gospel preaching. You know that adage that people say, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. See, when it comes to the word of God, there is, there is truth in that. It is vital that as a congregation, we take seriously the preaching of God's word this year. Why? Because what do we learn? God promises blessing to you there. And we'll end like this. Do you remember the first thing we said in this sermon? Do you remember what it is? I said, he said to them. Who was the them? Do you remember who was it? Jesus is speaking to the crowd. Do you see what that means? It means that this exhortation here to consider carefully has made to many unbelieving people. And so I'm just ending with that. <laughs> I'm ending by speaking to you if you're, you're not a Christian. You know, if, if, uh, if you come here and you're just interested in the gospel, if you've come here and the kingdom of God is still a mystery, I would encourage you to consider carefully even what you heard today and perhaps even just now at the start of this new year to look for the forgiveness of your sin to the one who is, of course, the light of the world. Friends, given the future that awaits you, given the great revelation of the kingdom of God that is coming towards humanity, surely it's Jesus, isn't it? Surely it is our Savior that must be our everything, that must be our all as you and I go into this a new year. To God be all the glory. Let's pray.